0: Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. In 2017, a reporter named Christina Selby flew out to Alta Floresta, a small Brazilian town on the edge of the Amazon rainforest.
1: When you get off the plane and it's hot and sweaty and humid and all the birds are singing, and and you can kind of feel that heat and the humidity of the
0: Amazon right there. A few decades ago, Christina would have seen an area thick with trees as she drove out of the township. She was near the largest rainforest on Earth, what people actually call the lungs of the planet, because it recycles so much CO2 into oxygen.
1: But now... It's dry, it's dusty, it's brown, and there are huge patches
0: of flat earth. That's because the rainforest trees were cleared away so people could raise cattle on the land. It's a tragedy that's played out along huge tracts of the Amazon. In Brazil alone, 450,000 square kilometers of rainforest have been cleared for beef. That's a patch of rainforest the size of California, gone. Which is terrible for the environment all by itself, but what makes it worse is By replacing those trees with cattle, they've added animals that are farting and burping out lots of greenhouse gases. But Christina was not in Alta Floresta just to document environmental devastation. She was also there to meet a man who's trying to do something differently. A man who grew up in Alta Floresta, surrounded by ranching, who was the son of a cattle rancher himself. A man who saw that things couldn't go on this way. But this man didn't want to end ranching entirely. Instead, he had another idea. He thought that he could reform ranching in the region, and in the process, cut greenhouse gases dramatically.
1: This could be a solution. If people are going to eat beef, then maybe this is the way forward.
0: To make it work, though, he had to convince ranchers to actually try his new approach. From the Vox Media Podcast Network, this is Future Perfect. I'm Sigal Samuel. This season, we're looking at how the meat we eat affects us all. Today on the show, a man with a plan to make beef cattle less terrible for the planet. All he has to do is take on a whole bunch of cattle ranchers and his own dad in the name of sustainability. So who is this man? His name is Vando Tellis. He's a
1: younger guy with short brown hair. He's tall, he's thin. He wears cowboy boots and a big belt, and he's like a younger, attractive cowboy out in the middle of Brazil. Okay.
0: Cristina met him in person. We met him over video chat. Então, tenho 39 anos hoje, e de... I'm 39 years old. Because Vando only speaks Portuguese, we had interpretation from Jeff Puff, a reporter in Rio. Through Jeff, Vando told us that his hometown, Alta Floresta, is not much older than he is. Alta Floresta is Alta
2: Floresta was founded just a little over 40 years ago.
1: And in the 70s, they were opening up the Amazon under a dictatorship in a pretty aggressive way. And so Alta Floresta became one of those hubs where a dirt road went in and settlers followed. So Vando grew up with his father in that whole first wave of cattle ranching and clearing the Amazon for these uh, settlements.
2: I observed from up close everything that my father did to start up economic activity in the region.
0: The main thing that settlers like Vando's family were doing was slashing and burning big swaths of the forest. It's just what it sounds like. To clear land, you cut down trees and you burn them.
2: One of the things that people don't realize is that the amount of smoke that comes with it is gigantic. As I was growing up, it felt really weird to get out of the house in the morning with so much smoke. The smell, hard to breathe, visibility was really low.
0: So you're cutting down trees that turn CO2 into oxygen. You're also burning trees, which dumps carbon into the atmosphere, And you're adding your greenhouse gas, burping and farting cows.
1: So it's sort of like a double whammy.
0: Except it's actually like a triple whammy, because the land doesn't remain good for very long. When leaves fall in the rainforest, they break down, leaving rich nutrients behind. But if you don't have trees, you don't have leaves, which means you also don't have nutrients for your soil.
1: And it ends up being this like cracked clay hard dried in the sun almost concrete after a while if you're not tending to it or adding water and nutrients back in.
0: And it turns out that cracked hard almost concrete clay is not great for ranchers like Vando's dad. He watched his father
1: and most of the other producers in the area struggle their whole lives trying to be able to make enough and earn enough to keep their land and to feed their families.
0: It was hard to cope with. If land got too degraded, some ranchers would head out and slash and burn more land. As Vando was growing up, he thought there has to be a better way to do things. So he decided to go to university. He wanted to study agriculture, to learn as much as he could, and to see if maybe somewhere, someone had come up with an alternative to this slash, burn, degrade, rinse, repeat cycle. As
2: I started to read and to research, I realized that there was a lot of technology available. There was a lot of information and knowledge available. But somehow, all of that was not getting to my hometown and was not getting to my father.
0: Now, at a different time, maybe it would have just ended there. After all, people don't usually love it when some kid comes home from university full of big ideas he's dug up out of textbooks and tries to change the status quo. But Vanda was reading up on these ideas at a really interesting time in Brazilian history. In 2008, the government looked at all the deforestation and burning of the Amazon and said, this is not okay, we're going to crack down.
1: The government in Brazil at that time started this whole program called the Arc of Fire.
0: The Arc of Fire, amazing name.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it
0: follows the Arc of Fire that right at that time was burning through the Amazon,
1: all the slash and burn that was happening. There
0: had been rules on the books for a while saying, quit burning down the rainforest. But now the government started to make sure that people were actually following those rules.
1: The environmental enforcement agencies put a lot of pressure on the local governments to start enforcing.
0: Armed guards would pull up to ranches with lots of trucks and scare people into complying. You
1: know, like following the letter of the law.
0: Was that actually effective or did people just keep on ranching?
1: It was super effective for a short period. One of the things that I really got from researching this story and talking to people was that there has to be the political will to enforce the laws. And at that time, there was. At that time, the Brazilian government created this blacklist of
2: the cities that were seen as the biggest players in deforestation. So, for the cities, it was also interesting to do as much as they could to get off that blacklist. Because while they remained in that blacklist, they uh, had more difficulties in getting government funding. Everything was made harder for them.
0: So there's this list of the big baddies doing things that the government really doesn't want them to be doing. And just to be clear, Alta Floresta was on this list, right?
1: <laughs> então, é, Alta Floresta ela tava no topo da lista. Ela, ela Alta
0: Floresta not list. only was on
2: the list, but it was at the very top of the list. So it was so worrying that they had to bring unions, the city hall, and ranchers all together in order to find a joint solution.
0: So when Vando came back to Alta Floresta with all his newfangled ideas and plans, the city was right in the middle of saying, hmm, we might need some new ideas and plans.
1: He got involved with this organization called the ICV, the
0: Instituto Centro de Vida.
1: Instituto Centro de Vida, which invited me to be a part of it. And they came up with the idea for a pilot project. They saw the need to start working with cattle ranchers. Those were the folks who were sort of working against them, and so they decided they needed to work with them in order to keep the rainforest standing.
0: I just want to highlight, like, that's a pretty radical idea, right? This is an environmental nonprofit that says, hey, we're actually going to work with the cattle ranchers instead of just seeing them as our natural enemy.
1: And I think they, they kind of felt like there was no other option on both sides. So they came up with a pilot program and Vando
0: became the director of that pilot program. What surprised me about the experiment at the core of this program was that it was pretty simple. Vando wasn't saying like, everyone needs mechanical robot cows with advanced AI and also lasers, he was saying, If ranchers would just make a few small tweaks, their land could be way healthier, and then they could stop slashing and burning for more. And when I say small tweaks, like, he wanted ranchers to keep careful records of how much the cows were eating and drinking. He wanted them to plant different grasses and to rotate the cows between pastures to give the land a little break. And he wanted...
2: Nutrition. Yeah, nutrition. (laughs) Nutrition.
0: He wanted ranchers to supplement cow feed during the dry season so the cows would fatten up faster. That way they'd be ready for slaughter sooner, which would be good for the rancher, but also meant that they'd be emitting greenhouse gases for less time. So all Vando had to do was find a couple of farmers who were down to try out these small changes on a little chunk of their farm. He went around making his case.
2: And they said, no, listen, this is too much work. There's no way this is going to happen. So why are you bringing these novelties that is just going to make us work much harder?
0: Even with the threat of the government blacklist hanging over their heads, and even with the local town council looking for ways to change, the ranchers of Alta Floresta were not excited.
1: The,
2: The resistance started at my house. So it was hard to convince my father a lot of arguing, a lot of, you know, back and forth. One of the comebacks that I heard a lot, not only from my father, but from a lot of the ranchers, was that they would say to me, yes, everything works on paper. And they would say, listen, you could be my son. I've been doing this for the past 60 years. Do you think you can teach me how to do it in a different way? That's not going to happen.
0: But... Vando kept pitching and pitching. He kept saying, look, I really think this could make your land last longer and stay healthier. At some
2: point, they had to give in because they would say, listen, I don't know exactly how this is going to to roll out. I'm not so happy about having an NGO tell me how to do my job. But since you are from here and since I know you and I know your family, okay, fine. Good enough. Let's give it a try.
0: The NGO set up a couple of small plots, including one on Vando's dad's property, and Vando was excited.
2: Hey. But in the beginning, dad, that, that meant sleepless nights. Um, that meant a lot of worry because, you know, I made these guys change the way they go about their businesses. What if, what if everything collapses on itself and doesn't work?
0: After the break, what if? Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If. Only in theaters, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news, Before the break, Vando Tellis had just set up a test plot on a small piece of his dad's cattle ranch. He was hoping that the new techniques he was using would make the land richer and better and more sustainable in the long run. And Vando's dad, the very same man who had to be dragged into the pilot after lots of back and forth and forth and back,
2: As time went by, it was so much more profitable that my dad wanted to do it in 100% of the farm. Just like that. And then it was the opposite. I had to slow down my father. Say, listen, we'll do it step by step, okay?
0: (laughs) Vando's dad was so eager to go all in because the test plot was showing great results. The soil was better, the grass was richer, and cows were being raised faster. And some other ranchers in the area were looking over their neighbors' fences at these test plots. They were starting to see the potential in this new way of doing things.
2: It was funny to see how they were able to move in a matter of years from that strong resistance to this thinking that, you know, when you say that the grass is always greener on the other side, for the ranchers, it means you know, the neighbor's technology is always better than mine.
0: And because the plots were such a success among the ranchers, Vando decided to spin out his own company. He called it Pexa.
2: <inaudible>
0: Translation, sustainable <inaudible> livestock in the Amazon. And Pexa expanded to bigger test plots with more ranchers.
1: And by the time I got there and met Vando, they had been scaling it up. And so then they had six partner ranches, Couple thousand hectares. They were about to get funding to scale up again and have a hundred thousand hectares. And they got a lot of international attention. They got a contract with like McDonald's, Rio de Janeiro in Brazil. Oh, wow. Who had a moratorium on buying cattle from the Amazon area. But they loved the program enough, saw the benefits of it, that they decided to have a contract with PEXA. So that's that,
0: huge. It, I mean, it doesn't get better than getting McDonald's to sign on, right? Right, that's what they said. So, Vando's plan is a win for the ranchers of Alta Floresta. And it seems like it's a win for the environment, too. On the most basic level, there's less slashing and burning. Because the land ranchers are on isn't degrading into cracked clay, so they don't have to engage in that vicious cycle that Vando saw growing up. But also, Vando has brought in independent research institutes to measure other environmental effects. And here is what they found. This approach cuts greenhouse gas emissions by 85%. 85%. The cut is so dramatic for a couple of reasons. First of all, plants hold onto carbon. They store it in their bodies. So if your land is dying and losing plants, it's hemorrhaging carbon. But if your land is thriving with lots of healthy grass, it's like a big carbon vacuum, sucking it out of the atmosphere and storing it in roots and blades of grass. And second, the healthy pastures can sustain more cows, but the cows are farting and burping less.
1: Basically, the healthier the cow eats, the less they fart.
0: Wait, wait, okay, wait. So... (laughs) So you're telling me that by giving these cows these like better, healthier pastures, it was actually causing them to fart less and thus emit less methane?
1: Yeah, so that's one side (laughs) of it. And then also because they're eating healthier, they get fatter quicker, so they aren't living as long. Like they go to the slaughterhouse sooner than other cattle on normal ranches. So they're only fighting for two years instead of three or four, <laughs> like
0: Okay, so these are <laughs> fatter, less flatulent, and more short-lived cows on our planet. That's right, yeah. Of course, the cows might take issue with going to the slaughterhouse sooner, but just FYI, the program does emphasize animal welfare while the cows are alive. And at the end of the day, these fatter, less farty cows they translate into less carbon released for every pound of beef on people's plates. Now, imagine if this scaled beyond just Alta Floresta. A huge chunk of Brazil's greenhouse gas emissions come from cattle ranching. If PEXA could scale to all the cattle ranchers in the country, that would be pretty great for the environment. And it doesn't have to stop with Brazil. Ranchers in other parts of the world could try something like this in some cases, like in parts of the US, they already are. So the ranchers win, the planet wins, hooray. Except throughout the whole interview, I had this niggling question I couldn't shake. When I think about Brazil, I think about the Amazon, I think the lungs of the planet, you know, the rainforest, I think about its impact on climate change. And it just makes me wonder, is this new method of doing ranching the best way forward for the planet is it better than simply getting rid of ranching altogether?
2: Então, quando você?
0: Pergunta difícil, né?
2: É bem difícil, sim. Is that's a hard question, even to translate.
0: So it's complicated, but I think the simplest answer is that in order for things to really change, all the players have to want that change. The projects that
1: I've seen, especially this one, where things are working, it's often collaboration that gives it its longevity.
0: Sure, you can come in and do government crackdowns and tell people not to do something like slash and burn or ranch at all. And as Christina said, that can be effective in the short term. But governments change. Brazil certainly has.
2: Far-right candidate Jair Bolsonaro has been declared the winner of Brazil's
1: presidential election.
0: Earlier this week, Brazil's president fired the head of the agency monitoring the Amazon deforestation. And he's now announced that he's abandoning plans for Brazil to host
1: UN climate talks in 2019.
2: Now environmental groups are blaming Brazil's president for allowing more development in the Amazon.
0: They say newly elected president Jair Bolsonaro has dismantled environmental protections. As the crackdowns have eased up, slashing and burning has increased across most of the Amazon. But in Alta Floresta, Vando wasn't relying on crackdowns. He was working with ranchers to find a solution that had them looking over each other's fences and saying, huh, your grass is literally greener. How can I do that? So yes, it would be a real win for our planet if we could find ways to stop ranching altogether. But right now, the reality is that beef consumption is going up and up and up all around the world. It has quadrupled in the last 50 years.
1: And if you can find a solution that works on a scale that can meet that demand, then let's go with that. It's clear
2: that the way to approach livestock and crops is going to define the future of mankind.
0: this episode was co-reported and produced by bird pinkerton and edited by amy drostowska our hosts are dylan matthews and me sigal samuel jillian weinberger is the senior producer of this show and jared paul mixes it liliana michelina fact-checked this episode and liz nelson is the executive producer for vox podcasts music in this episode from apm chris zabriskie and jared paul Viveca Morris from the Yale Law, Ethics, and Animals program advised us. Thanks also to Christina Thornell for helping us find our wonderful translator, Jefferson Puff. Lauren Katz does amazing social media work, and Kate Daly has helped us throughout the season. You can find Christina Selby's fantastic text article on beef in our show notes. And this podcast is made possible thanks to support from animal charity evaluators. They research and promote the most effective ways to help animals. If you liked this podcast, we're going to be covering this topic a lot more. And in fact, we're hiring an editor to help us do that. We've got a link to Future Perfect's Future of Meat page in the show notes if you want to find out more.